0: He didn't die. I asked you to kill Superman, and you're telling me you couldn't even do that one simple thing. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Well... What a time this was.
1: I don't really know what we just watched. Uh,
0: me neither. I mean, I can tell you the name. I can tell you the plot, but I can't tell you... Vibes? The vibes and the sheer amount of weirdness going on behind the scenes that came together to make this movie happen.
1: Oh, was there some drama?
0: Yeah, there was. There certainly was. And of course... I'm
1: intrigued.
0: I... Yeah, so let's let's get into that first and foremost.
1: Well, we're talking about Superman 3. Yes. Vis-a-vis the title of this episode.
0: It's been a minute, but we have watched the first two Superman films. Um, we watched the original version of Superman 2. There is a kind of recut called the Donner Cut because... Uh, Everyone director, loves
1: to have another cut.
0: Yeah, yeah, they do. Well, <laughs> in that case especially, I mean, as is the case for a lot of these director's cuts, especially the ones that come out so much later after the original, uh, Richard Donner was just, um, I think kind of, kind of mistreated by the studios uh, on the set of probably both movies, but especially the second one, uh, which is why the, the second Superman movie was uh, not fully completed under Richard Donner's purview. I think he ended up leaving um, somewhere midway through production, and he was not involved in this one at all. Uh, this was handled by, I think it was the director that took over for Richard Donner uh, doing two, and he was known for doing a comedic and campy style movies. That movie. makes so sense. It, I, I don't remember enough of the second Superman to say like if you could see any of his DNA.
1: I feel like there was some campiness, but not... We had, like, straight-up slapstick.
0: We start with, like, an extended, like, five-minute slapstick, like, Rube Goldberg machine of hijinks.
1: Which has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. No. I thought it was going to tie in. Yeah.
0: No. They just, like, were not interested. Well, okay. So let's...
1: It was introducing some characters.
0: Sure. That's true. Well, so what happened was that originally Richard Donner was interested in continuing the series, like he wanted to keep doing them. And the, the producers definitely should have let him do that. I don't know what they were thinking. Um, the, the, uh, producers, I don't know if I'm pronouncing their name right. Sal, Salkin, Salkind, Ilya Salkind, uh, was a producer along with his father on three of the Superman films. I don't think they were involved with the fourth one. Uh, and they were the ones that were kind of calling the shots. So, one of them wrote a treatment for Superman three that had a lot of elements that were cut, but a handful of them ended up being included in the final version. The original uh, script for this movie was kind of wild. It had Brainiac in it, who's that's like a big Is Superman that a villain. That's like one of Superman's like big villains. Uh, Supergirl. Was Which supposed to be in it.
1: They the Supergirl movie is coming out like one year after this movie. Yeah,
0: they wanted to uh, they wanted to save that character for a solo movie. Long story short, that that story would have ended <laughs> with Superman, Supergirl, Brainiac, Jimmy Olsen, and Lana Lang time traveling to the Middle Ages for a final confrontation with a fiefdom taken over by Brainiac, and then Superman and Supergirl would get married.
1: What one aren't they related? And two, all of that sounds great except for that last part. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're cousins.
0: I guess they would have hopefully not canonized them as cousins if they were having them get married. They're like, no, 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 we do this on Krypton. <laughs> um, anyway, we're not
1: procreating that
0: script. Warner Brothers is like, fuck that, absolutely not. That's wild and also like insanely expensive. So. They totally, like, shifted gears, but they did keep, like, the computer's whole thing. That was, that stayed, and the good and evil halves of Superman were from that original script, too, so they held on to that. They were also originally going to call this Superman versus Superman, but then the producers like of uh, Kramer versus Kramer threatened a lawsuit. What? So they, they stood down. Which that's a little, it's a little silly, isn't it?
1: They're completely different movies. I really hope no
0: one would get <laughs> those too confused, but and they were like, I mean, I guess four years apart isn't like a huge gap. That's a but big like,
1: gap for like, movies. I mean, I guess in I. the eighties, only like one movie was coming out a month or something. <laughs>
0: um, as far as casting goes, uh, allegedly, although I think both of them have denied it in. One way or another. Gene Hackman and Margot Kidder were said to have been pretty pissed off with how the Salkins treated Richard Donner. So like the story went that Hackman didn't want to come back as Lex Luthor because he thought that the studios were disrespectful and Margot Kidder publicly criticized them for their mistreatment of Richard Donner. So people were saying I was
1: confused on why they just had her in and then wrote her out for the whole thing.
0: Right. So reportedly, you know, they were punishing Margaret Kidder by having her role be reduced to what it was. Um, But Ilya Selkin denied that and just said that they wanted to do Lana Lang because Lois Lane had all the screen time in the first two movies. I mean, Um, I
1: liked getting a new love interest. Me too.
0: And... But Gene Hackman himself was like, "No, I was busy doing other movies, and I'm just gonna like let them rest on Lex Luthor because <laughs> it's been two movies in a row. I think, and I think he comes back for the fourth one.
1: Even though the new villain is basically just him again,
0: right? Like a less memorable version of him because there's no there's no Gene Hackman. And then uh, as far as yeah,
1: not quite as unhinged.
0: And then we have our other big player, Richard Pryor. Being in this movie. And apparently that happened because Richard Pryor went on uh, the Tonight Show when it was um, Johnny Carson was talking about how much he loved seeing Superman 2. So they decided to cast him based on that because he had already been doing a handful of movies and he got paid five million dollars to do it.
1: I don't know what other thing like I haven't seen him I think in anything or maybe like one thing. I don't know what this character was like it was like all i loved it but i was like is this like kind of like just how he like does characters or is he like full full on acting this like kind of neurosis like nervous I mean, I, energy guy
0: it's it's kind of embarrassing for me to say that like i really don't I mean, richard Pryor is like a legend Like as far as, but I I do think he did a lot of movies, but he's still mostly known for his comedy. Right. But his comedy is like a lot, a lot like dirtier. I know. The seven words or
1: whatever. No, that's that's not him. Oh,
0: that's George Carlin, I think. Okay. But you know, Richard Pryor was like big, like (laughs) did like a lot of drugs. There was like a big thing about like him like freebasing cocaine, like getting oh yeah burned. So, I mean,
1: if you free base, you're gonna get burned, uh,
0: you know. uh, You fly too close to the (laughs) sun. But yeah, he uh, he's had a pretty storied career, and I have no idea uh, what his acting style is like (laughs) in his other films. Unfortunately, I feel like I I I wonder what his most celebrated ones are. I'd be curious because he he did mostly comedies, but he also did a a handful of dramas.
1: I mean this wasn't for him really a comedy. Like his character is pretty serious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, but there's still those moments where he's like wearing skis and falling off a skyscraper and uh pretending to get drunk with the other guy wearing a giant
1: I don't <laughs> think he was hat. pretending.
0: Well, he just wasn't as drunk.
1: <laughs> I think he says like well, you don't even know I'm not drunk but he like clearly is yeah, think, just yeah. A bit.
0: he's just not passing out so a lot of like interesting things happening around the casting the writing just all the behind the scenes stuff I'm not sure how much credence to give to like some of the rumors or how much has been cleared up I we just watched this movie otherwise I would do like a bit more research uh but I'm, I'm very curious because it's just such a huge pivot from the first two films like on pretty much every conceivable level, except for Superman himself, and even then.
1: <laughs> I would say not
0: even then <laughs> but i I mean, it's certainly not you know, up to snuff with the first two. I think the first two were like just pretty much in every conceivable way, better movies. But I did find like a lot of a lot of things that I enjoyed. I, I think kind of maybe accepting the goofiness, which I think you know back in nineteen eighty three. If you're a big fan of the first two and you go to see this, you were probably like, "Well, what the fuck happened? Like, this is not this is not what I wanted."
1: Yeah, was it panned? Kind
0: of. Yeah, it got it got very bad reviews. I think the only good uh, elements that people really praised were. The acting, mostly Christopher Reeves acting and the, uh, the special effects, you know, okay. for the time, I guess, sure. pretty, pretty banging. I did notice like less, uh, you know, really flagrantly questionable stuff like there were in the first two movies. I the the whole Phantom Zone effect. I, <laughs> I mean, was,
1: the Leaning Tower of Pisa bit was. That was
0: that was rough. It was
1: tough. That was rough. And like pretty unnecessary.
0: Yeah, for sure. Unnecessary. But, uh, yeah, I, I think there's, there's like, a lot of just, like, fun stuff going on. Like, I like Richard Pryor's character, kind of, like, this, like, bumbling, but, like, not bumbling. Like, dude's a genius, but he remains likable, even though he's, like, just getting baited and blackmailed the whole time. The, the villain is, as we said, like, totally forgettable. He's just, like, a Lex Luthor stand-in. But uh, I really enjoyed the... Uh, I don't remember most of the characters' names.
1: <laughs> oh, the psych oh let me write down her title. The psychic nutritionist.
0: Yes, excuse me, the psychic nutritionist. Um, I really liked like what they did with her character. Because, and that she
1: was also a genius?
0: Yeah, because we don't I I it it was never really like a thing. Like it's she has like a moment of like morality of being like maybe we shouldn't kill Superman. But it's just kind of like a well, bonus character trait when we cut to her and she's reading a book by Kant and just, like, <laughs> debating philosophy she's with herself. Like,
1: oh, it's because of the axis, da, da 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 There's so much <laughs> jargon in this movie that I'm just, like, not really here for the jargon, but
0: lot, it's still funny. A lot of jargon. A lot of jargon. Oh, yeah, Lorelai. Was sister, that her name? Yeah. Lana and Lorelai. So many L's. So many L's.
1: Okay, so I was excited they did introduce Lana because I watched famously some of Smallville and that's like one of the big love interest triangles is Lana and Lois and I'm pretty sure Lana is played by in the TV show the same the actress that was like then joined a cult and like got arrested.
0: <laughs> and it was like was that Al- Allison Mack was one of them? I was just looking them up.
1: I think but that was her It, that it was two Lana. of them
0: on Smallville that were in the what? cult. Oh, yeah, they, I they it ma- was just one. I don't, I don't, let me see.
1: Okay. And then I thought that the actress that plays Lana in this looked really familiar. I was like, she kind of looks like Martha. And then halfway through the movie, Griffin goes, that's the actress that plays Martha in Smallville. Mm hmm. Classic. I think they've always made Martha kind of look the same in all of the iterations. She always has like reddish hair. I don't know why that is.
0: I don't know. Just faithfulness?
1: I guess.
0: Yeah, so uh, Lana Lang was played by Kristen Crook on Smallville, and she was also implicated in the cult thing along with Allison Mack.
1: Who did Allison Mack play?
0: Allison Mack played Chloe Sullivan.
1: That's another love interest.
0: An original character.
1: Oh, you know, I thought that was Lana. What does Lana look like? Well, I guess I know what the actress is.
0: Oh, no. That's Lana.
1: Yeah, I got to mixed up. She kind of also looks like Lois. Yeah. A lot of love interest in Smallville High, you know? Of course. Which I loved that they went back to Smallville in this because yeah. the last movie and maybe a little bit of the first one takes place in Smallville, but... Or, like, the last one doesn't at all, and then maybe just a little bit in the first one. In
0: the opening stuff. Yeah, it was it was nice, you know? A little change of pace. And I did like Lana Lang a lot. I I think it was... Like, I don't, you know, if if Margaret Kidder truly was shafted by the producers for that, that's pretty fucked up. But the studio politics of it aside, I thought it was cool to get a different, like, romance angle. Because if we ended Superman 2 by, you know, Superman is erasing Lois's memory so she doesn't know that he's Superman anymore, um, retreading that ground, I think, would have been ill-advised. And I, I think, you know, even like with the weird like Brad keeps hounding <laughs> Lana Lang and then gets thrown out of the hotel room and yet another slapstick gag ending to that storyline. I'm like, all right, I'm on board.
1: Well, I like that Lois is in love with Superman, but Lana is in love with Clark. Mm-hmm. I like that yeah. dichotomy.
0: Yeah. That's that's a really good point.
1: Um, I thought that some of the things that they were doing with the character stuff was, like, subtle, but I caught on to it, so it probably wasn't that subtle. Because, like, most of my notes before, like, the for, like, the first half of the movie are, like... Like, what's going on with Clark? And when he, like, you know, turns evil, I was like, where's, like, Clark during all of this? And, like, that is what they were getting at, is, like, these two different personalities. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I was totally on board with that. I'm like, was it that subtle? (laughs) Or, like, were you thinking about that during the movie?
0: Well, what were like like, what signs were you getting, like, before, you know, he gets the kryptonite?
1: Well, I wanted to, like, my main question is, like, how much of Clark is a character and how much is Superman a character? Mm. Like, his confidence with women, for instance, he's, like, way more confident with Lois in the first two movies as Superman. But, like, as Clark, he's, like, fumbling. And I'm, like, how much is he aware that he's, like, putting that on? Or is he, like, Clark kind of normal, and then when he's Superman, he feels like he's putting on, like, a character that which gives him confidence?
0: Interesting. Or
1: is it vice versa?
0: This is... I guess this is kind of a classic question. I feel like this gets brought up for Batman a lot, like, who is the persona. Yes. But we I, talked I, about that
1: in The Batman, mm-hmm. I feel like.
0: But I, I I do think because one of, you know, Superman's alter egos is not, like, this weirdo shut-in, uh, there's, like, a lot more... Not, malleability is not the word But like um, I don't know It's it's a lot more like fluid Like th- the character So I don't know uh, I Maybe it's like I would buy at least like For the beginning of Superman's journey That when he is taking on the, the cape He, you know, gets a confidence boost Because he's like this He's this larger than life figure He's not he's not carrying the weight of like being Clark Kent on his shoulders. So that lets him be a little different, but you would also think that like after doing that for long enough, some of that might bleed into Clark because he like knows wh- what he is, who he is, what he's capable of. And does he have to start compensating for that by doing, like you said, like acting really nervous as Clark and stumbling over the words and like pretending to be a dweeb. So people don't like catch on and be like, What's what's going on? Like, this isn't this isn't the Clark that I remember. He's, like, too suave now.
1: Which this Clark was not as fumbling, which is funny because they were doing all this slapstick stuff, but they didn't really have Clark being, like, klutzy like he was in the first movie. That's especially. true.
0: And I'm wondering if part of it is, like, when he's in Smallville and he's, like, hanging out with, with Lana, he doesn't, maybe he just doesn't feel the need to put on airs as much. I don't know.
1: But even like in the newsroom, I mean, he is a little bit, but
0: yeah, he did some in the first two movies. He's doing like dumb shit every time he's at the Daily Planet. This time, yeah, not so much, and yeah, he seems a lot more like suave with.
1: He feels more comfortable.
0: Yes. Yeah, I think I think that's it. So, and and I mean, it's it's cool that you were like catching on to that before they made that into a, a straight up plot device.
1: Um, I really liked his opening, like. Photo booth change. That was great. Love that that bit. looked really cute.
0: Yeah, that was that was really fun. Uh they they had a couple that I think that's what what made me like this movie. I think the plot of this movie, if they had done it totally like stone faced, I would have found this really boring. And while I do think it went on too long and it was like there were the the opening, like setting up the plot. The
1: setting up, we were was, like, was where was so, is this going? When we're
0: like at the chemical plant, I was like, Where is this where's this story possibly going? Um, I think the comedic approach to a lot of it made it better because the 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 writing and the casting just like wasn't there because they lost like some of their heavy hitters. So I think they were they compensated for it with you know, bringing on Richard Pryor and making it more funny and like, you know, whether that was making for a more quality movie, I would say no, but working with what they had, I think leaning into the comedy was a good idea.
1: I mean, I kind of enjoyed it. I liked the, um, I liked this version of an quote unquote evil Superman, although he wasn't even really evil. He's just like kind of a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's, that's why it's so good right and it makes it like so much lower stakes than like what they do in like the Snyder universe it's just like everything is so dramatic in Snyder's world and this is like he's not like trying to wreak havoc but he's just like a dick
0: yeah he's the way I was looking at it was like he's not like mustache twirling like I'm destroying the world evil he's just like how did I put it? He's just like a sad, like mean, sad drunk. Yeah. He's just like making other people miserable for the fun of it. <laughs> I
1: mean, once you see that eyeliner, you know it's bad it's news. A, it's a wrap.
0: It's a wrap. Um,
1: but yeah, like his reaction to the kryptonite is more like he's just kind of being like humanized, but like by personality, not by like powers. Like it's funny that he still has all of his powers. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we get to see much more of his like um, cold breath power, which I feel like doesn't get used all the time where he picks up a piece of a lake.
0: Everyone's afraid to use that because it's like of his power set. It's the goofiest. But like, it's great.
1: He was using the bowling alley like he's yeah. sneezing. He's he's Christopher Reeve was incredible. In he, this was, movie. he was killing
0: it. He did a great job. And, I mean, I spe- that came out mostly when he was doing the, the evil Superman stuff. When he's fighting Clark in the junkyard, you're, like... Get, it was a really good scene. And, like, you know, I don't think either of us have seen Christopher Reeve in a movie that's not Superman.
1: Well, his acting career is cut short.
0: I know. But, like, you know, these... The, the Clark Kent Superman, he has, like, a couple dimensions that he's working with. And it's all, like, varying degrees of, like, good guy who can be a bit more serious when he needs to be. So getting getting to see him, like, he's basically, like, bullying Clark. And he's really good at playing that character. And they're not really
1: talking. No.
0: No, he's doing a lot of face acting, though.
1: I Like, can you imagine if they'd let um, Henry Cavill, like, have a little bit of comedy in his role? Like, it would have been so much better. Because Henry Cavill's really funny, yeah. I think.
0: Yeah. They even they had a couple moments, I think, where they tried they tried to give him comedy, but because of like what they had already established with him, it 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 was just so serious. It doesn't land because it's like he has every sentence he says is supposed to have such like gravitas. Yeah. I I think it definitely like played to its strengths, and that was that was fortunate. Um But still, like I said, the first like half hour um, as we're bringing the plot points together, and it's it's really not until Gus is like being sent to Smallville, we just have like two drastically different things happening. Why is do Smallville
1: think the, the hub for that?
0: Got a lot of questions that I that I'm going to be asking about that. But I also just like the opening focusing so much on Gus and just like wanting to get like paid by social services, and then you know, just like a pro hacker man, Gus writing code to, to skim money. I'm like, man, what are we, what are we doing? It feels like we are watching like hackers or like, or sneakers or like any other like eighties movie. That's like really into the, the computer craze, which I love. It's like war games. I love like omnipotently powerful computers and that's exactly what we're dealing with. You know, shit rules. But uh, as it, as it comes together, um, there's a line here from from Lana Lang that I really couldn't resist. There's a moment when they're at their picnic um, before bizarre
1: place for a picnic. Before
0: little Ricky is almost uh, I gets hate that saw his name is trapped Ricky. by a grain thresher. When Lana Lang is like, Clark, I have to tell you something. My oil pan is leaking, and I was like, Is this a euphemism? <laughs> just the world's most disgusting. I did not expect that. I don't I really I'm I'm praying to God that it's not cuz that shit that is that wouldn't fly, you know. The MPAA caught that shit. <laughs> that's all I could think about. I was like, "Huh, well, that's one way to put it." What you got to Ricky.
1: I just don't <laughs> I don't like the name for like a child. Ricky's an adult.
0: I can only go... It's just Ricky Bobby.
1: It's like Ricky Tiki Tabby.
0: Yeah. Don't know a lot of Rickies. We hear about a lot of Rickies these days, huh? Maybe 83 is a different time. (laughs)
1: Um. Okay. We've already talked about the flying ice. Giant sheet of ice. Of course. The psychic nutritionist. Of course. Um. I thought it was a really solid plan to use the satellite to find kryptonite. Yeah. Like the problem I had sometimes with um the Lex in these movies is that it wasn't super logical and it was like, "Oh, we'll just like da 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 da." And this like felt a little bit more like logical.
0: Yeah, like I I did like roll my eyes a little bit when it was like, "Of course, like we're doing kryptonite again." But You have to. They had, they had a little bit of fun with it.
1: And they did it differently.
0: Um, Gus deciding to put 0.5% tar in the kryptonite. I'm like, is this some sort of, like, cigarette commentary?
1: Oh, I thought he named the unknown thing tar.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I, yeah.
1: Right? Right, but it's not actually tar. That's the kryptonite, I thought. And he just named it that?
0: Well, I thought he was, like, I thought he was synthesizing... The kryptonite, so it was like the that percent was like unknown material. So he was just like, "Fuck it, I'll I'll put tar in there because we need something to fill out the the half a percent." Oh, I think I think that's see, what too much jargon. <laughs> so much jargon.
1: I yeah, I we already mentioned this. I didn't like the Leaning Tower of Pisa business.
0: Yeah, Superman ruined that guy's livelihood twice. Like he's just trying to sell cast models of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Like, sure, you can clean up an oil spill, but, like, you can't help that man get that money back.
1: Also, are we assuming that Clark is not around during this whole time? Like, he's just staying as Superman.
0: That's what I'm assuming, yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise they'd have to reckon with, like, some version of, like, asshole Clark, and I don't think they were doing that.
1: Well, yeah, I think that was, like, the point, that he's not. But before that, that's where I I was, like, kind of a little bit ahead of the movie, because I was like, where's Clark during all of this? What would Clark do? Because that's, like, are their personalities really different? Because if he's acting different, then yes.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know why I was, like, so tickled by the name of the company in Smallville being called Wheat King. I just kept saying in my head, I'm the Wheat King, baby! (laughs) But that's also the computer that you're talking about. And my note here is, like, why... I get that it's, like, part of um, this company's, like, purview. You know, it's just, like, one of their computers. And sure, they have access to the weather satellite that can also... It's a, it's a weather machine. Right. But, like, why can this computer in Smallville that's being there guarded another computer by one guy who can be whatever. talked down by bringing in a briefcase full of liquor, which is, you know, that's fair, why can that control, one, the Bloomingdale's paychecks and also the traffic control system in Metropolis?
1: And that random ATM.
0: Not to mention... Um, this in this sequence when we're we're getting the Bloomingdale's paycheck incident, that woman is opening her paycheck <clears throat> and it's like, one hundred twenty thousand dollars, and then her husband proceeds to, like, core a grapefruit on her nose. Do we all remember that? That
1: was so bizarre, <laughs> and I did forget about it because I didn't write it down because I was still in shock.
0: He just just what? smashes it on there, and then she's like, "Well." Classic, classic Ricky.
1: Also, you receive that check so fast. Turnaround time is killer. I hope Peach deposited it immediately.
0: Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah, the ATM, that's also like a classic bit. You know.
1: ATMs always be breaking.
0: Never, never when I need one. Never when I need a broken ATM, goddammit. We mentioned that the villain of this movie, whose name I have, in fact, already forgotten, is a knockoff Lex Luthor, which he is. The actor is kind of a knockoff Gene Hackman. No disrespect to this actor, but you know, he had big shoes to fill. What I can get behind is having a ski slope on top of a skyscraper <laughs> in the middle of a city. Oh,
1: that was one of my notes. I don't know why I didn't say that. It felt very Bond esque. One thousand percent. Of course, because like skiing and Bond just go hand in hand.
0: It that was very Bond, and then their little like balloon like yeah things so Bond. But I really he was
1: giving Bond villain.
0: It's it's the ski slope. I fuck with the ski slope and they're all wearing pink and white uh, skiing outfits. I'm like, come on. This is the most like 80s villain thing imaginable and I fucking love it. That's the best idea they had for this whole film.
1: Also I feel like I feel like this with a lot of 80s movies, you never know what the weather is, like what season you're in. Because of like how the film is like kind of just like grays grays out like the sky. Mm-hmm. You'll never know what is...
0: It can go either way.
1: Except for, like, based on their outfits, but I feel like they were in, like, summer-ish outfits. Except for when they were on the ski slope, obviously.
0: Because, you know, they can control the weather in small amounts.
1: But, like, to me, the 80s were without seasons. If I'm (laughs) to pay attention to any, movie,
0: It was what... The season was what you needed it to be. You know, you go outside wearing a jacket, it'll drop 10 degrees. Also, shout-out to Gus by falling off a skyscraper but he was wearing skis so he tanked that shit. Like I thought like Superman was going to come save him or something and I'm like no. I think he just, I missed that part. He, well, he's like I can't ski. Flies off the building, falls like 20 stories but then lands like on a slope on the skyscraper and then just like lands on the street. And then so I was like okay, Superman's not going to land on him, but right before that he was like I want to get more money and the villain's like I hate greed. So I'm like okay, there's like they're clashing now, so now Gus is gonna like escape, and I'm like, no,
1: because immediately a
0: while. he goes and does his bidding. God damn it!
1: Also, what do you mean you hate greed? What are you all about?
0: Well, you know he is—he is a massive hypocrite. I think that was supposed to be like, a, come on, dude, really? We didn't even talk about the whole like Columbia caper.
1: That's you know, because it was like off beans. screen. It was so weird how they rolled that out. I mean, it was kind of cool, because it was like, oh, we think that one thing is happening, but oh, no, actually, Superman was there. They think they're
0: so on top of it. It was
1: just kind of a weird thing, and it didn't ultimately matter at all. I guess it was just a setup that, like, Superman's going to be a problem, and they need a plan. Yeah. And then their plan of, like, dressing up as the military, like, with all of that hubbubaloo, you didn't have to do any of that.
0: America is the leader in high-grade plastic chairs. Every time you sit down, you sit on a high-grade plastic chair. Molly and I are like, hmm, I wonder how this is Do you is think they
1: let him improv go. that?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean... I hope what so. Because it had nothing to do with what was going on. He's just rambling about it. It's, it's like tertiarily connected to the chemical plant thing.
1: Also, like Superman, Kyle, Clark, if you see a big green rock, is your first thought not, mm, might be kryptonite?
0: I kind of did. Think you, that did he
1: have his memory wiped at the end of the second movie?
0: I kind of thought that when he looked at it, he could just tell that it like wasn't real kryptonite because it was, but it wasn't. Because I think if someone had like like handed him it, he would have been like, mm,
1: "That's what I, happened."
0: But I think I feel it, like he looked at it and he was like, He's safe. probably like a little suspicious, but he's like, "That's not, that's not like, the I one feel that I, I fine. know." Yeah, I feel exactly. Because it's not until he's at Lana's house that he's like, "Something's." Something's afoot here. But uh, I mean, my note there was like, oh, man, I'm glad the tar didn't work. That would have been pretty dumb even for this movie. I was like, oh, well, I guess it it didn't, but it kind of did. But I think what you picked for our opening quote for this, I had one of my notes here, which is that uh, (laughs) the the big bad frames. Killing Superman is one simple thing. You had one job. It was kill Superman. It was so You're, dramatic. And you couldn't do it.
1: Yeah, I actually really liked him. I thought he was a great villain, but it was hard to just, like, get out of the whole Lex Luthor of it all. He's
0: the shadow of another LL.
1: Especially because he had all that, like, secret passage stuff in his house. Yeah. Not passage, but, like, now the, everything flipped and turned.
0: Yes, which is great. And the design for his, like, little, like, lair is also fantastic. Just like everything is glass. It might and be shiny. the same
1: set piece that was used for Lex Luthor's. Yeah, office. I wouldn't
0: be surprised. If you got to save some money. Even sure. you had a thirty-nine million dollar budget, which now is like, like nothing. Superman's
1: expensive, you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, some of my notes are just stuff that we already talked about. We already talked about like the the pettiness of evil Superman. You know, he he uprights the leaning tower of pisa he blows out the olympic torch and then sits there to be (laughs) although i thought the
1: pisa thing was him trying like looking for a way to be helpful and like then he just failed at it
0: i think you know because it was
1: after he went to the bridge and they were like it's too late and he's like oh man now i gotta find some someone to help oh this tower's like leaning
0: I, i think he was just fucking with it I mean, maybe, but my, my head canon is just funnier that it's just like, Hmm, what can I go do today?
1: Cause I thought it was like, he kind of gets further and further into this slump until he's like fully in it.
0: I mean, I could see it. I could see it.
1: But yeah, I, but that was also before I realized even what they were doing with it. It's I thought he was just like losing his like ch- charisma his or touch. charm. Yeah.
0: I just thought it was really funny that that was his idea. Just like fuck with the world that day. The Olympic
1: torch thing was iconic.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because he's he's like sitting there, like all like "Mm, yeah, what are you gonna do about it? And then to have it like culminate with him just like basically like drunk in a bar in St. Louis, just like flicking peanuts and breaking all the glasses. I'm like, this is just like this feels like it's out of. um, Well, this is a weird poll, but like that movie Hancock.
1: Mm-hmm. With Will Smith, yeah. yeah, this would
0: have been in Hancock.
1: Oh yeah, that should be on our list.
0: Yeah, we we gotta get it in there. Uh, but you know, he also does some environmental terrorism and causes an oil spill, and he does put it back. But I'm I'm quite frankly not convinced that he got all of the oil. I mean, it before, was the 80s. <laughs> if when did Exxon not Valdez
1: oil happen? in the ocean, are we even living?
0: It's just, a uh, yeah, it's so, it's so strange. And the end of it really, you know, we have like our, our big finale with the supercomputer that, that Gus has gotten them to build in the middle of the desert and, uh, the sister of Vieira becoming a computerized robot. But my favorite little part about Which that. Which felt
1: kind of brief.
0: Very brief. It was, it was absolutely very brief. Something that I actually just saw a bit of trivia about on the Wikipedia, let me revisit real quick. Um, Atari, which I think no longer... Oh, yeah, definitely no longer. So Warner Brothers, you know, was helming the production of the Superman movies, and at the time, Atari was a wing of Warner Productions. They created the little animations for the missile defense when they have like that arcade looking game oh, up and it yeah. has like the number of missiles left and they were shooting at him that, that Atari made that. And I was like, Oh, that's super cool. Cause of course that's like on the money. I was like, if that wasn't Atari doing it. Then it was someone aping Atari. Cause that was like right at the, the Genesis of, of that era of video games. So I thought that was, that was a really fun touch. Now, how do we feel with how uh, the story ended things with, with Lana, you know, he gives her, like, a 25-carat diamond.
1: Right. Is that an engagement or just, like, uh, thinking of you?
0: I don't... Yeah, I think it's...
1: Kind of loved it. Love Clark getting his groove back.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think... That's what
1: the next movie should be called. Superman Clark gets his Clark. groove back.
0: How Clark got his groove back. I mean, I'm I'm a little concerned with the, uh, with the fourth movie, because
1: I don't think it's supposed to be great.
0: You well, so I it's not like I had heard anything good about Superman three either, but like
1: or Superman two, to be honest.
0: Well, I Superman two was I knew about that because that that's got the Zod stuff. That was like the Neil before Zod, you know. So I, I at least um, knew about it from that. Superman four, I can literally tell you only one thing, and it's like the it sticks in my head. There's some dumbass Family Guy uh like bit about like when movies like say their name or something and I like it's just like cuts to a Peter Griffin watching Superman four. He's like, ah, now I get it. we what finally Superman? become Superman Four the quest for peace. Oh <laughs> it's about like nuclear disarmament or something. I think Christopher Re helped Classic. write the script. Very late eighties. Um
1: I mean it's yeah like you know the Cold War baby. Yeah.
0: And I yeah so but Clark Clark, Clark is not proposing to Lana Lang but Brad you know thinks he is of course and uh, unleashes his deep seated rage for him for about fifteen seconds.
1: I loved how it all gets
0: wrapped up. Catapulted out of the room, I loved that shit.
1: I like the um, tension between Lois and Lana. Yeah, it's great. Lois never cared they... about Clark before, you know. No.
0: No, oh, not not giving him the time of day. And I know that, like, you know, Lois Lane is the the end game for for Clark Kent, of course. But you know, at the end of this movie, I'm like, I think the the choice is pretty clear here for Clark, if they're even if that can even be considered a choice. Because knowing what he knows, I feel like it would be kind of messed up to to keep going out with Lois. You just wiped her memories, dude. Yeah. Ethical quandary. Plus, you got to hang out with Ricky. <laughs>
1: Ricky Dicky dabby
0: <laughs> Well, yeah, I think um fucking weird movie for sure. And I don't know what else I can say about it. I'm not mad that we watched it.
1: No. But I, yeah, it could have been like an hour and a half, though. Yeah. All, all movies could be an hour and a half, an, A you nice know?
0: 90. A nice 90. But what are you going to do?
1: We live to fight another day. We're on a quest for peace.
0: We are. We truly are. In but before, like months before now, we even get to a quest for year. peace, we have to, you know, we, we're we going to watch Supergirl. Supergirl's not even on our calendar. Yes, it is. Which, oh, Supergirl is on our calendar. December. Okay. So we'll be getting there not too long. Um, but yeah, we, no promises on Superman 4 because I think next year there we're going to have more theatrical releases. But uh, yeah, uh, if you've watched these, uh, let us know your thoughts and we'd love to hear from you guys, on what you think about the other films as well, and what we should expect from Supergirl, and Superman four, um, and you know, with that, we'll be. I think we'll we'll have wrapped up. We've already watched the other one. We watched so the two thousand
1: six one. Yeah. If
0: you've missed our discussions on yes, yeah, Superman returns, and of course the the new, you know, the Henry Cavill collection. Oh, right. uh, make sure you check those. Might out. I
1: have to watch some Smallville. You know,
0: shit maybe. I, I would like to watch like at a, least
1: a season, like an
0: edited down version, because you know, ten seasons of a twenty-two CW episodes. Show, who's got I, the time? I'd
1: like to watch the first season. I watch the first season. That's what I commit to. Yeah,
0: and as as curious as I am about when all the other like young versions of the Justice League characters show up, I don't think we need to get. That I mean, far.
1: we all love that Lex so much.
0: Yeah, I I feel like he's he's what I hear most about from that show that people liked. You know, behind. Um, whoever it is that plays Clark.
1: Tom Walt Welland or something? Tom
0: Welling. Yeah, Welling. people people really love Tom okay. Welling.
1: Okay, cheaper by the dozens, Hattie.
0: Yes, of course. That's, you know, his number one role in our hearts.
1: I mean, it's I'm a one. I'm not tie.
0: kidding. <laughs> well, this was a fun one. Definitely unexpected, but glad we checked it out.
1: All right. Until next time. We are out, out of, the of the
0: superverse. Universe.